sunshine. Incredible as they seem, are not the results of mass hysteria. I only... You may wish to adjust the dial. You are currently tuned into... The Wrong Station. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Please, come inside. If you could follow me into the basement, please. You'll have to forgive me. It seems that I lost track of time, and now I found myself in the middle of my work. You'll understand, of course, that what I do can be very... time-sensitive. Please, watch your step on the way down. Old stairs here, just like everything else. It's a very delicate process, you see, and if I should mistime a step or, heaven forbid, forget one entirely in the midst of idle chatter, then... My clients would not be happy. That's the most important thing. Of course, most people around here don't have much of a choice when it comes to my services. But still, a man must have a good reputation. His work, his business must have a good reputation if it is to thrive. Ah, here we are. Please have a seat. Now, I must say that I was surprised when I received your call. Not many people are very interested in learning the fine details of my work. You said this was for the paper? Or school? Well, in any matter, most people seeking to enrich themselves with the knowledge of a new profession would rather visit the town firehouse or the veterinary clinic down the road. But here you are. The Brabant River Funeral Home. As you are likely aware, we are the only funeral home in this town, and, though I may be biased in this opinion, the most reputable one for quite some distance. Of course, this was not always the case, and for the longer part of this town's very long history, we were in competition with the Travers family business. At that time, we were the North Brabant River Funeral Home. My father and I share the great distinction among our forebears of being the ones to finally put those travers out of business. That was nearly thirty years ago now. Mind you, it didn't take much effort once some of their unseemly practices came to light. You see, it's so very easy to cut corners in this line of work, for time, for profit, though they really are the same thing for our kind. Any family would much prefer to have a funeral this Sunday than the next. I'm quite inured to death and the dead, though I understand that most would rather have that nasty business over and done with sooner than later, and they will pay for that convenience. Thus, the temptation to prepare a body hastily exists, though I would not recommend it. Certainly not when working on the mayor's wife. Have you ever been to a wake? It's a rather tranquil thing, isn't it? Peaceful, quiet, polite. 
a family comes together, members of which whom may not have seen each other for years. Perhaps it is distance or circumstance, perhaps hatred, that has led to this time apart. But there they are, together, speaking fondly of the deceased. I do, of course, speak generally. There are certainly times when the company at a wake is sparse, and a few rare occasions where I found myself entirely alone with the deceased. Some people dictate a certain degree of pomp in their will, perhaps overestimating their popularity or simply not caring. But on the whole, a wake is rarely so entirely somber as that. Death is a messy thing, and the grieving thereafter is a messy thing as well, but the wake, the funeral, should be clean. This is of the utmost importance. These are times for solemn thought and fond remembrance. The deceased should look their best, a portrait of who they were in life. But, when you forget to empty the stomach contents of the deceased, you have destroyed the portrait. You may try to hide your mistake, if it was a mistake, with heavy colognes as the Travers did, but it would be futile. The smell of rot is far too strong, far too ingrained in the human psyche from a primeval time. The smell brings with it thoughts of death and despair, and inevitably destroys the illusion we in this business seek to create. But I've gotten carried away. You are here to learn about the practical aspects of my profession, and here I am rambling about the abstract. I'm afraid it is all rather dry, even more so without the technical knowledge. Are you sure you would like to stay? You can leave now if you'd like. I will not stop you, or take offense. No, you'd like to stay. Very well, then. I shall do my utmost to elucidate. If you look around, you'll find that there is not much more to my workspace than what you have already seen. There is my set of tools. Nothing scarier than what you'll find on a surgeon's table, I assure you. My cooler here, where I keep some of my chemicals and reagents, and the occasional treat. We have four tables, so that I and an associate can each be working on two bodies. This is rarely needed, save for particularly nasty automobile accidents, but it's best to be prepared. Nobody, not even myself, is permitted to work on more than two bodies at any time, and the owner of this funeral home will only ever take on one associate. This is simply the way our family has done things for years and years, and it has led to success and prosperity thus far. Of course, there will be certain individuals, certain jobs, that will command my full attention. You must have noticed when you came down the stairs that we're not alone here. As I mentioned, I am in the middle of some very important preparation at the moment. We are fine to continue talking for now. I'm just waiting for some chemicals to settle into the flesh, but I will have to start my work again soon. I must be perfect in my timing. He is... very special. But where was I? Ah, yes. The issue of workspace. Obviously, chance and death do not conform to the fact that I have but four tables. We do not live in a large town, but certainly large enough for there to be a steady stream of business for me. At least for now. Young people seem to be leaving this town in greater and greater numbers every day, most under the pretense of finding work, though I truly believe that many find the trappings of this community too much to bear. It is simply ingratitude if you ask my opinion. 
but you did not, so I will not continue. Needless to say, the older generation have remained, and I rarely find time for leisurely pursuit. We have two cold chambers in this basement. One right here, which I keep at approximately two degrees Celsius, where I keep my more immediate projects as they await my attention, and where bodies that have been in deep freeze may slowly, gently thaw out. Bodies that have been here, in the freezer, which is kept at a much more bracing negative fourteen degrees. At that temperature, the degeneration of the body is slowed to an effective stop. Bodies kept in the freezer are more often long-term guests. A month, a year, perhaps many years. However long it takes for the family to gather the necessary funds for a proper ceremony. Our family is quite patient. In fact, one Mr. Gregory Hansen has been with us for 53 years now. Complications from drinking, though otherwise intact. At this point, it seems unlikely that he will ever see a proper burial. But perhaps I'm wrong. It costs nothing to keep him there. A very easy investment. Though, I admit, I would be saddened to see Gregory go. At this point, he's become a fixture. <laughs> uh, please, I would like to recount a short anecdote, if I may. Thank you. One day, a weekend, when I was young, I was helping my father with his work. It was a slow day, not much work to be done, and hardly anything for me to do. My father went upstairs to take a call, and when he returned downstairs, he told me that I was to take Mr. Gregory Hansen out of the freezer to be thawed. His funeral would be taking place the next Sunday. I truly hated that room in those days. I coped with the dead as well as any boy my age could, but I had yet to completely shed my unease, and I had great difficulty going into the freezer. There is something about cold like that, extreme cold, that makes death so much more visceral. It punctuates the complete lack of life. But I was never one to complain, so I hurried into the freezer to retrieve Mr. Hansen. And that is when my father slammed the door and locked it tightly shut. <laughs> oh, how I shouted and cried, how I beat against the door. But to no avail. I was confused and alone, save for Gregory Hansen and his cohort. It was only when my immediate panic had begun to fade that the cold really set in. As I said, negative fourteen degrees can be quite bracing. I think that most would call it outright unpleasant. Yet there I was, with no indication that I would be released any time soon. For whatever reason, likely because of my father's initial direction, I felt the impulse to go to where Mr. Hansen was kept. As I went to the far end of the room, I saw him, and to my surprise, he was wearing a large, very warm-looking winter coat. I had no idea why, but clearly I would need that coat if I were to last in that cold, cold room. It was the first time that I had taken a close look at Mr. Hansen's face. Or the face of any corpse, for that matter. There were... There are... Similarities to a living human's, but it's all too clear. The color, the tension of the muscles, but most of all, the eyes. No eyes look like that, and no other eyes can cut through you and let you know that a single life is fleeting. Nothing. 
Retrieving the coat was an ordeal all its own, but I managed. The next morning, my father returned and congratulated me on a job well done. It's a bit of a family tradition, you see. It wasn't Mr. Hansen back when my father was a boy, but then there's always a Mr. Hansen. From that day, I was a better, faster worker, with a newfound tolerance and respect for the dead. I could never thank my father enough for that lesson. My goodness, look at you. You look absolutely parched. It is very dry down here. Please forgive me. Let me see if I have any water in the cooler. Ah, no water, I'm afraid. But I do have some lemonade. You don't mind, do you? There you are. Very tasty, I assure you. It is a family recipe. Now where was I? Ah, yes. All bodies that come to us here go under preparation. But of course, not all to the same extent. Not all families can afford a proper embalming, or care for one. In any case, we always ensure that there is enough treatment of bodies to make the viewing a more pleasant experience. As for cremation, we have no furnaces here and no desire to partake in such barbaric practices. If any person in this community wishes to see their kin burnt to ashes, they can assemble a pyre in their own front yard. We may lose some business, yes, but we have our principles here. Ah, uh, ahem. <clears throat> the Brabant River Funeral Home sits on approximately 160 acres of land. That must seem like an awful lot, doesn't it? Well, as I said, this is an old town, and this is a reputable home. Some of this town's more distinguished families also pay certain premiums for additional space. Others simply like to have their kin kept on the farther corners of the ground. Brabant River folk can certainly be secretive. My own family have our graves at the northernmost point of the property, just over a quarter of a mile north of this building. There is material evidence to suggest that my family came here when the town was founded in 1673, and that we were in the business even then, and likely before. My dear father and mother are buried there, my late wife, and... I'm sorry, please forgive this outburst. I am ashamed to say that I have not been entirely truthful with you. Please, come here. Closer. Do you see? This is my son. My beautiful boy. He... He took a fall down the steps and landed on his poor head. A nasty fall, as you can see. There was nothing that could be done for him. I always told him to be careful with those steps. He was always an odd boy, never as inclined to the family business as I would have hoped. You have to understand how important this is to our family. Funerary rites are truly the oldest tradition. Even back in the time when man was using stone tools and living in the wild, the dead were honored. Crude ceremonies, shallow graves and simple stone tombs. But they were ceremonies nonetheless. These rites are older than art, than music, than agriculture. Do you see how important this is? And he... When he was a child, it was almost impossible to even get him inside the building. I thank goodness that his grandfather was never alive to see the trouble that he gave me. By the time he was twelve, I could at least get him to do simple errands for me. But his help was still of small significance. I never expected him to love the work. I didn't when I was that age. 
but I did expect him to swallow his discomfort as I did, and my father did, and his father. He was going to inherit this business, and he was already far behind on learning how to manage it. When he was thirteen, I felt that it was finally time for him to undergo what all in my line do. I prepared Mr. Hansen with his coat, and with a warm scarf as well. My son was so slight at that age. He resisted when I told him to go into the freezer. I remind you, all I asked of him was to go retrieve a body. No difficult thing, yet still. I am not a loud man, or a violent one, but I am persuasive when I seek to be. He went into the freezer, and I locked it behind him. He screamed for hours, until it was time for me to leave. When I came back, early in the morning, I found him there. He was almost dead, lying there, no coat, no anything. The fool would have rather frozen to death than confront his fear. I should have known then. Do you have something to say? You are certainly giving me a look that indicates it. Do you think me cruel, or worse? Yes, well... I don't believe he ever forgave me for that day. He too worked harder from that day on, but something was always different. He seemed to work in spite of the business rather than embracing it, as though he were working toward his goal rather than our goal. Then, today, he came to me. He told me that he was leaving. He told me that he had been saving his money, and that he finally had enough to leave this town forever. Now that his mother was gone, there was nothing left to keep him here. He had worked under me, lived under me his entire life, and he was through with that. It broke my heart. I had poured half of my life into this boy, this man. I had taught him everything I knew, spent countless hours teaching him the art of his forebears. I tried to reason with him what would the business come to without him. When I died, what would happen to the business? Do you know what he said? Do you have any idea? He said, Damn the business. So I pushed him. I lost my temper and pushed him. And down he fell, all the way to the bottom of these steps. He was still alive, you know. I ran down to check on him, and he was still alive. I know the eyes of a dead man, and he did not have them. But he did not have my eyes either. So I grabbed a hammer, and I struck him until he was dead. He had to die. There was no other way. The shame would have been unbearable. It was better off like this. That was about an hour ago now, and it seems that in all that excitement I had forgotten to cancel our appointment. How rarely forgetful of me. But perhaps it was for the better. I am not a religious man, but the act of confession is an undeniable relief. Thank you for coming to this place and listening to me. It is so nice to have a guest. It looks like your drink is starting to take effect. The chemicals I work with do wonders for preserving a corpse, but they will truly wreak havoc on a living person's organs. It's a special cocktail, you see, 
A family recipe. Hardly any taste or smell. Not perfect, mind you, even after all these years. That is what the lemonade is for. Very tasty. Extra sweet. Look at you. You must be in incredible pain. But do not worry. As for me, as for this business, this is not the end. Our reputation will be preserved. Despite my brutal methods, I am able to effectively disguise my son's wounds. There won't be a trace of suspicion on anyone's part. And I will have my successor as well. My pull within my clan is strong. I will have some nephews, some niece, some far-flung cousins sent to me, and they will continue my work. I am sure, quite sure, that my son was an exceptional case, and my next associate will prove far more pliable. As for you, I have just the thing. You see, my son's funeral will be today, a small ceremony. I will likely be the only attendee. It will be a bit snug with two of you in the coffin, but the dead don't mind. This is what you wanted, isn't it? Isn't this why you came here, and why you stayed? Yes, I am sure of it. Your face says it all. Now, if you would excuse me, I must continue my work. There is always work. The Wrong Station is created and produced by Alexander Saxton and Anthony Botello. Featuring Anthony Botello. With music composed by Alon Zittrin and original artwork by Jenny Henderson. This week's episode, The Family Business, was written by Anthony Botello. Tune in every Thursday for full-length episodes. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and leave a review on iTunes at Google Play Music. As always, you can email us at therongstation at gmail.com. Until next time, thank you for listening.